Welcome Will to we the get stricken for that? I don't know. Copyright I, stricken? I don't know that it actually had a tune behind it, so <laughs> <laughs> I think the robots are going to be fine. Law. Parody law yeah, comes into play. Yeah, the DMCA. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode 60-something of the weekday, uh, your source for the greatest late 90s and early 2000s hits. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're I'm, talking about this. We're talking about we're this talking about, Yeah, uh, I think before the race, maybe? Yeah, right maybe? before the race. Uh, yeah. Which we'll get into in a minute. Um, Speaking of stupid things. Yeah. 90s oh, music. Yeah. Mm, most of it. Yeah. Some... Mm, there's Stupider, 80 or 90s? 80s or 90s? 90s. Really? Mm-hmm. I would say 80s. No. Justin, stupider, 80s or 90s? For music? Yeah. 80s. Two verse one, get out of here. Nope, I think that like the arena rock of 1980s garbage. Throw that out. I think most of the pop was too. No, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of, because it's all like weird. People are discovering computers and synthesizers and doing weird stuff. Yeah, but in, Pearl, mm. in, uh, in the 90s, they were discovering feelings. <laughs> like grunge. <laughs> Come on. No, people were discovering sadness. Oh, sadness. Oh, you can be sad and write a song. Wow, look at that. Uh, welcome to the weekday. <laughs> this is episode 60 something. I'm Andy. Hey, go cry into your bag. Introduce of yourself. Oh, right, sorry. Uh, hello, I'm, I'm Michael. Man. And over there on the wheels of steel, <laughs> I'm Justin. You're, thanks, Justin. Hey. Um, thanks for listening to us. Thanks for catching up with us. Thanks for doing whatever you're doing while you have us in your ears right now. Uh, if you're on YouTube, thanks so much. Do us a favor, if you're on YouTube watching this, hit the old thumbs up button and or hit the old subscribe button. Either one of those or both of them. Or the bell. Well, I don't know. The bell doesn't actually matter as oh, that much Oh, it just notifies anymore. people. Yes, it does, because it's our, like, hey, come on, watch this. Hey, Bay Hope's got some yeah. stuff for you. <laughs> bing, 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 and it's going <laughs> to pop up on your phone. Uh, no, it really does help what we're doing here. Uh, we've been seeing an increase up and to the, up and to the right, that way, uh, of all of our views and our likes and on all of our media so and all nice. of our podcasts and stuff. So thanks, everybody. Keep That's on doing so what you're nice. doing. Keep on sharing it. If you're watching this on Facebook, thanks so much as well. Like it. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Overcast, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, whatever you're listening to. Oh my gosh, to, this is so long. <sighs> Thanks. Okay. Um, before we get into our actual topic today, because uh, we have like a little bit of time left, uh, we wanted to kick it to you. Uh, it's true. We only have a little time. I know. Left. We wanted to kick it to you in the audience as well. And I want to ask you one question and one question only. Justin, my camera. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done? Within reason. We went Legally, through, what we, is the dumbest we thing went you through have, some things pre-show that... We were working some things out here <laughs> and I, I was airing... I have a lot of dirt and cruft underneath this sunny disposition that I carry with me all the time. In your past life, in a previous, ma- yeah, many of a- them illegal. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of we're, illicit we're activities. We're talking strictly legal, yeah, stupid things, yeah. Here. So or, uh, or, or legal adjacent, yeah. So yeah. so before we get there, Justin, in fifteen seconds, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done? <clears throat> fifteen seconds. I was playing Manhunt and at night. Um, uh, while back, and I sliced my toe open. <laughs> I love this story. I love this story on a sewer, rusty sewer grate. Oh. and I didn't know I did that until um about years later, maybe like 
30 seconds to a minute later when I'm like, why is why does my foot feel wet? Oh! <laughs> and then I I reached out because it was it was super dark outside. So I reached down and feel my shoe. Manhunt. And I'm like, that's not my shoe. That's my foot that I feel right and now. It's, and it's come off, it's coming off. My foot is coming <laughs> my off. My foot. Why why am I holding my foot right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love this. Yes. That um and no joke. Um, actually happened. Um, at that time, my friend was planning on becoming a doctor. He <laughs> changed. I'm not even kidding. He changed his major. After that. <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> he was so pale. So oh. pale. Well, Justin, you did that. you at least you did one good thing on yeah, that day. You changed yes. life. Yeah, I, you changed the future of somebody. And gosh darn it, <laughs> you are to be commended for that. And really, I don't want a doctor who gets pale I at did the it. sight of my own blood. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> um, Mike Mage. What's the dumbest thing you've done in the last three days? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the whole reason we're talking about this is because Andy and I just got back from a weekend of every year we do this half marathon called the Donna. And in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's a benefit for breast cancer research, which our mom died from breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's a great weekend to celebrate, remember our mom. It's bittersweet, mostly bitter because at the end of it, we have to run 13 miles. <laughs> uh, and this year um, it was this was like one of probably uh, maybe outside of the first year. The first, very first time I did it, this might have been the hardest time oh, Mike, that I've you, done it. You looked so ragged at the end. I was like, <laughs> I don't, and I don't know what it was. Well, here's what it was, and let me paint, let me paint you a vista real quick. Uh, it was there was a winter storm blowing through Jacksonville <laughs> the weekend we were up there. Uh, Jacksonville's three and a half hours away from Tampa, and so it's traditionally always a little bit colder there than it is here in January or February. Uh, but it was mid 40 low. Wet, yeah, low fifties, high forties. Uh, there were twenty mile an hour sustained winds with up to forty and fifty mile an hour gusts. Wow. It was raining all weekend. It was raining, yeah, uh, and it was that type of weather that blows through you. Yeah, it was that, it was that like northern wind uh -huh. that just uh, has no regard for you or your personal <laughs> well being, <laughs> and just blows through you. And we ran a half marathon on that. Now I had a I had a decent time running the half marathon. Yeah, but you're in, you're in much better shape than I am, so. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yes, maybe. No, the answer I, is not maybe. I did the run this morning. Yes. I ran this morning. Congra I love that. I worked out I love yesterday. that for you. I love that for you. But I got to run it with my oldest, Austin, yeah. which was great. And Mike started with us, too. And then, <laughs> um, I don't know, we all went out too hot. If you know the running lingo, we went out too hot. And we ran our first five miles way faster than we should have. I was killing it. <laughs> like, I'm seriously, my 5K time for a half marathon was like, it was in the 25s. Yeah, yeah you were doing like, good. Dang, I'm killing. I'm gonna this. PR by like ten minutes. Yeah, and and but seriously, I was thinking that I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. But then I got to mile ten, and here's where the theme of today's banter comes in. I remember thinking to myself, this, this is, the, is dumbest the dumbest thing, thing I've, I've ever, ever done. done. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I the weird thing is is like I always look down at like the ten k mark. So it's like the six six mile mark. Mm -hmm. I look down at my watch and I go, oh man. We're doing great on time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we always get to mile like 11. And I yeah. look down and I go like, where did the time go? Yeah. Yep. How yeah. did we get here? Your miles literally go from, oh, I'm like 830 to like 930 yeah. a mile. Well, yeah. Um, Not fort you, me. That's <laughs> me. <thing>. That <laughs> Fortunate, for me. Well, fortunately, we all got to finish. But it, so it was 
again, part of that vista, it was rainy and cold, and then the gun went for go, and it stopped raining. And then literally, Mike crossed under two hours later. Mm-hmm. Mike crossed the finish. So I crossed with my son, Austin, uh, which was totally awesome. Um, and we were there. We were in shorts, and it was raining, or it was windy, and right on the beach, and it was nasty. We're running into headwinds yeah. that were almost pushing us back the well, entire and the, time. Because it was on the beach, it's just the wind is like swirling, and it's too. blowing across you, yeah, and ugh. you're oh. And so Mike crosses the finish line. We walk over to give him a hug, and literally, it starts raining mm-hmm. right then. And then it rained the entire way back to the car. Yeah. And then we, I don't. I couldn't get warm the rest of the day. Uh-huh. Mike m- Mike couldn't eat the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, my stomach was in like really weird. Again, it's, you know, every year it's one of the dumbest things that yep. we do. But we do it every it's year. It's great. It's wonderful, but it's dumb. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so throw in the comments below what's the dumbest thing you've ever done. Within love, reason. Yeah, yeah. We'd we love to read to those anybody. and respond and laugh at you slash cry with you, but mostly laugh at you. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a short <laughs> break. And when we get back, we're going to introduce the topics for the day. See you in a minute. Thank you so much for joining us here at Bay Hope TV, whether you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to us on any one of our podcast providers. And if you're interested in getting connected more with Bay Hope Church, you can head over to bayhope.com at any point or look us up on our socials at Bay Hope Church. We would love to get the chance to talk with you, meet with you, connect with you, and engage with you. And we're back. I was gonna sing. Um, <laughs> I was gonna sing "Backstreets Back." All right, nineties um, music. Yeah, but I didn't want to. That would have really gotten us copyright infringed. <laughs> Thank God you just said it and you didn't sing it. Right. Yeah. Backstreets Back. All right. Everyone knows it in their head. <laughs> yeah. You know it's got you hear. Baby, it. bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to keep, keep going, please. Um, no, we're good. Um, Sailing is okay. going to take... <laughs> go, go, let's go. Uh, yeah, dude, I have a meeting. Um, so if you've been joining us the last couple of episodes, we've been in a series called Is Church Dead? Question mark, And we've been hotly debating, and honestly, it, it has been uh, a good conversation that we've been having, asking the question, is church dead? And then looking at facets of it. So the first episode, we talked about the actual worship music, quote unquote, scene. Is that contributing to the, quote, the, the death of the church? And it's not. Uh, spoiler. Um, there is some things that need to be reformed, or, but or the the appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the second week we talked about a, the the absence of self care in a lot of church leaders and pastors, and why why church leaders and pastors suck so much at taking care of themselves outside of the Messiah complex, and how that could be contributing to the fact that people are leaving the church in droves, yeah, including leadership, including yeah, including yeah. leadership of all ages, or or not even like developing people into be leaders right. in that, you right? Know? And that's a that's a that's a serious thing. And so yeah. we're watching the slow, what appears to be again the slow decline of the church. But we want to flip today on its head a little bit, and we actually want to talk about why the Western Church might be dying, and why uh, the way we are doing church might actually need to be. I don't want to say reformed, because that that strikes up all sorts of images of like nailing theses to a door in the middle of the night and what was that theses theses, theses. yes okay okay theses a paper with a bunch of points on it right a thesis <laughs> if you will the plural of thesis right yes. so we wanted to have a conversation about that we wanted to have a conversation about where the church needs to be reformed and how we can actually do that is that 
that kind of I tracking. Mean, I love that. So I just want to jump in real quick because obviously given the topic, you know, obviously we work at a church. What? So, yeah. So. Great. We, News. We, yeah, no, we're yeah, in we, a church. Yeah. We do work church at a church. Building, yeah. yes. I had to look around for a second. We are the church. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously, you know, working at a church and stuff, probably be careful about how we word everything. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, we're not, we're obviously, we're not bashing, you know, the, you know, we're not like trying to bash stuff or anything. No, so. no, 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 no. And, and, yeah. and Justin brings up a good point there. None of this entire series has been bashing the church. In fact, yeah. it, what, it's, it's quite the opposite. And I hope that as you're listening to this or watching this, you're realizing that we're, we're not being critical of the church because there are enough podcasts and enough books and enough websites out there and Twitter uh, uh, handles that are just bashing the church with no sort right. of recourse. Yeah. Instead, we're looking and trying to diagnose some of the issues of why people are, particularly our age and younger, why they're leaving the church in droves, mm. why it seems like our church is now back open, quote unquote, from the pandemic, and yet attendance levels are way down. Mm -hmm. And so we want to try to accurately diagnose that. And so, Justin, I think, thanks for, thanks for bringing that up, because I guess one of the first things I'm going to kick out to you guys is when you think of Western American church... What is the thing? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Was the Sunday morning service? The Sunday morning service, exactly. Mm -hmm. And what about it? What is the Sunday morning experience at a church? Yeah, I mean, like I think that the way that we're doing church, you know, it's essentially three songs and a message. Right. Yeah. Right. But biblically, that model is nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Right. Um, and so I want to. I want to tread a little carefully here because it's not inherently wrong to do three songs and a message. Sure. I mean, it's essentially what we do. Right. Mm -hmm. But when your entire church stops at three songs and a message, a time of giving, a time of announcements, yeah, and then everybody goes home, uh -huh. what are we left with? Yeah. We're left with people leaving. Right. So well, talk talk to me a little bit about that and like what it feels like to to he hear that question is church dead knowing full well that like mm, maybe there's something we need to change here. Well, I think that like that's the the kind of the premise of this whole episode today is you know we've been sort of defending this idea that like church is not dead even mm -hmm. though there are less people here or even though there's I mean just statistically speaking there are less people showing up on a Sunday morning. Uh, after post-pandemic or whatever, now that churches are largely reopened. Um, but I, I think, you know, turning this topic, kind of like you were saying, on its head a little bit and saying, is church dead? Like, maybe. Hmm. Uh, is church dying? Like, maybe. Um, and not the church collectively as a whole, but like the way that we have been perceiving church is dying. Hmm. Um, and maybe that's like a very good thing. Um, Pastor Matthew has talked about this a lot. Um, well, not a lot, but has, has talked about it a good bit and saying that like we right now are in a prime, like golden age of opportunity as the church to reset and rewrite so much of what we think the church is. Hmm. Um, because a lot of it has gotten, you know, very similar to, I mean, what you see in, uh, and I mean, people are people like people are like this. We tie up our rituals and our re religiosity into what we think to be like the actual form of belief or mm. whatever. Um, 
So we think that coming to a building for one hour every week satisfies a requirement um, for us to be Christians or for us to say that we're a part of a church or to even have like an, an effect on the world or whatever when really like that's not it. And so for me, when we're looking at this topic, like is church dead? It's like, no, but that way of church is dying. Um, and we're seeing that being reflected where like, it's not like maybe this idea of like, oh, it's just a church service and I go to this and then I leave. Um, and it's just almost like this like gravitational like orbit. Like I come back in and then I'm, and mm-hmm. then I'm out again, come back in and then I'm out again. Um, maybe like that idea of church is dying. Maybe we need, we, 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 we got to start like, shifting things a little bit like there's 167 other hours in the week for us to be able to do something as a church for you and me for justin for austin over there i mean like we should like so much of the percentage of our job is focused on this sunday morning experience and not that that's all bad um there's a lot of really really great things about a gathering of people and all that kind of stuff but uh maybe maybe we, we got to shift that a little bit. Hmm. Um, and I think too, because things are changing in our lifetime, um, and if it feels fairly accelerated right now, I feel like a lot of people are ringing alarm bells when in reality, yeah. maybe the last 20 to 30 years have been the aberration. Yep. And like, we are actually headed back to more of like what church maybe should be, or maybe what church always has been. Um, and, and like maybe we have just been sort of experiencing this like bubble of prosperity or success or progress or something that like is um, inflated, you know, unrealistically. Two things. Number one, I, I was dancing around all of that. Yeah. Trying to like. Well, sorry, I just hit it. I hit it with a No, hammer. no, no, no. I, I don't. It's not a bad thing that I was dancing around it because I, I didn't. A, I didn't want to just end the episode right there. <laughs> but, um, but B, it's Justin's disclaimer rings true, I think, in all of these conversations. Yes, we are employed by a church, but I don't think, and you're right, Pastor Matthew is not striving to do church, and the vision of this entire church is not to do just the one hour right. on a Sunday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The vision of this entire church is to continually reach out in the community and reach out and, and into the world. Yeah. Uh, by to hook or by go crook. from here, right? Yeah. To to yeah, it's a we we want to be ascending church uh-huh. in all in all facets and in all aspects. Um, I think to me it feels so when you're when you're you're talking about maybe it's been the wrong way, quote unquote wrong again, treating it with kid gloves. It feels a little bit like the dot com bubble, mm-hmm. where there was an incredible expansion from ninety five until two thousand. Yeah of internet companies, tech companies, everything. You know, Amazon started in, what, 1994? And then every other company thought it was going to be Amazon and eBay and uh, Yahoo. And then there was an incredible amount of of tech companies that were formed in a very short period of time, relatively. And the bubble burst in 2000 with a number of things, but 9-11 being kind of of the capper on all of it. And a bunch of people lost their jobs and a bunch of people lost, you know, all sorts of stuff. But in the midst of that, look at what came out of that. So yes, there was a lot of heartbreak, a lot of heartbreak, heartache, but there was two things that really came out of that. Number one, there was federal regulation, which churches might be more federally regu- relegated or regulated. Excuse me, <laughs> goodness, that's a word. Uh, regulated, but 
number two, there was a distillation of the core principles that were actually needed to do business on the internet that have, for lack of any other thing, have completely um, guided the last 20 some odd years of business in the United States and really around the world. Sure. And I feel like we're at that tipping point. We're at that bubble bursting point right now. Yeah. And I feel like we've been at it and we don't know how to deal with it. And then the pandemic happened and now that five-year period got compressed into like an 18-month oh, yeah. period. Mm -hmm. And so now we're left holding the bag as the church going, where'd everybody go? Yeah. Like, how do we... How do we deal with this? Well, I think it's super interesting. So if you think about, I mean, I do, I think that that's a, that's a good analogy and it's obviously a much compressed, shorter business analogy than I think what, like I almost view it as like the mega church evangelical bubble mm -hmm. that we've been living in for the past 40 years. So like started with like, you know, churches like Willow Creek mm -hmm. back in the early eighties, late seventies kind of thing up until now, like think about what has happened in the last 40 years, or I guess maybe what hasn't happened. So we haven't, obviously we've had economic recessions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we had nine 11. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, it has been a 40 years of relative prosperity, mm -hmm. progress and peace. Um, the three which, P's, the three P's. And I am a preacher now. Um, preacher of prosperity, <laughs> progress and pro process. But like, think about, think about the general line heading from like, because I think about, you know, uh, that scene in the beginning of Miracle, uh, the hockey movie, where, you know, you have Jimmy Carter giving this speech mm -hmm. about how, you know, things are terrible, things are terrible, things are terrible. And, like, really, the beginning of 1980s was rough. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Reagan came in, and not, I'm not getting political at all, <laughs> yeah. but, like, economics, economically, like, the country took off. Um like compared to where we like we were very post-World War II, it was became industrious, um, suburban, you know suburbia like really really grew but from 1980 on we saw like immense technology booms globalization um, inside yeah, of the, that yep yeah, globalization i mean like we have been it's almost like we've been lying to ourselves hmm. that like we have been experiencing normal when in reality we are on an almost daily basis experiencing things that like humankind has never experienced before. Um, and I was, I mean, I was just watching a video last night about, you know, they were talking about Starlink, which is this new thing SpaceX is doing where they're launching, you know, dozens of satellites at a time um, into low earth orbit to surround the, the entire globe with over 40,000 satellites. Like that's their goal so that people can have satellite Skynet. Well, uh, it's called Starlink. I know, but, but yeah. Skynet. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like he was talking about how like, you know, we get a really bad rap. Humans get a really bad rap because we're doing bad things with the internet or whatever. But like, Maybe people need to lay off a little bit because this technology <laughs> is like 15 years old. Yep. And it went from like being on a a place where like you have to go like a desktop to now like we're carrying around like the power of like a thousand generations of knowledge in our pocket. And like, of course, we don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, like that's a good point. Like this mega church, like churches 
have never been this big. Mm -hmm. You know, like we are at the very, very low end to be classified of what a mega church is. And I think it's like 2,000 or 2,500 on a weekend or whatever. So like we see that a weekend. And so technically, very technically speaking, we are a mega church. But, um, you know, like this polarization is happening, even though the average church in America is only like 75 people. Yep, 77. Um, all of, it feels like the the resources, the the media, whatever, like is all sort of like gravitating toward these like mega churches um, where these people have giant buildings and campuses throughout and whatever, you know, it's these large corporations that are funded by other people's money. But then it starts to become like this sort of like bloated large organization that when a worldwide crisis happens for them to turn and pivot and be nimble and all that kind of stuff. It's impossible to happen mm -hmm. because you are dictated by how large your corporation is, mm. and like you end your ministries end up be being like motivated, like it's almost like your buildings are driving mm -hmm. your ministry rather than your ministries driving what you do in your buildings. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, and it and it, but it mirrors what's happening also in you look at <clears throat> companies around the globe right now, especially in the United States. Um, I look at. And this is not going to mean anything except like to five people, but Microsoft just bought Activision and Blizzard, which right. is one of the largest video game publishers yeah, out giant. there. They're giant. They're absolutely giant. For like almost $70 billion. Which is just mind-boggling. But now we're, f we're reducing... That's one less video game publisher yeah. now going into Microsoft. Yeah. Or, you know, there was the... What's happening with, um, like, wireless networks? I was going to say the Sprint yeah. and T-Mobile thing, uh -huh. which is now back. I was not, it, was on, it was happening, and then it was on hold, and now it's back, and no, they're still stuff. they're still under the T-Mobile umbrella. They're just still operating as Sprint. Right. And um, what's the other one? Metro PCS. Yep. They're, they're T-Mobile companies, yep. just subsidiaries. Yep, and so that's all happening right now, and so people have been doing that with churches, and... The pandemic hits, and arguably the the mega church was well equipped and well set to handle it. And I would say didn't know what to do yeah. because they couldn't turn. They, I, I, we, I'm including us in that yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. We oftentimes had a tough time turning what we were doing in person and and everything we were counting on with people being in a building at a certain place in a certain time without sheer elbow grease yeah. we were hard pressed to try to turn it and you know there's success stories like this studio is a success story mm -hmm. and the fact that Austin's sitting there is a success yeah. story and like it you know everything that happened at Bay Hope Church like arguably I think we came out pretty awesome oh I, yeah I would say better than a lot of probably larger churches that are are almost like now because like I remember we saw a pastor of a local church at a uh, restaurant uh-huh um, during the pandemic or right before we all came back or whatever. And this It was pastor, like two weeks before we all came back. Yeah. And so this pastor uh, who knew who we were because I was wearing a Bay Hope shirt mm -hmm. or whatever, but we were in a Bay Hope tags. He came back and was talking with Andy, actually. Uh, not that he know he doesn't know me. I know he doesn't listen to this podcast um, and he doesn't know you, but because of our church, what our affiliation you know, whatever. And he was saying something to the effect of like, can't wait for us to, you know, like finally get butts back in seats or whatever. Yep. And like, basically this whole online thing really stinks. Um, and he had no idea that Andy was the actual digital pastor. Which is <laughs> irony of all ironies yeah. at that point. And I was but just it, nodding along. She's like, yep. Mm -hmm. But you know, like they have large buildings yep. and they have, you know, a lot of people, yes, that come and all that kind of stuff. But the online ministry, which is where 99.9 5% of people are right now. Yep. 
And if our goal is to go and make disciples, to leave and go and make disciples, isn't that a place we need to be doing it at? Mm-hmm. And, and st- because um, they've been doing church in a very specific way and because, you know, like money funds things and, you know, like having people in your building is like you've equated that to the presence of God and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't allow, it blinds you from being able to see maybe what like even the next step of what church ministry can look like and leverage what you have right now to be able to grow and move forward. Mm-hmm. So we have done a lot of railing on <laughs> church. Um, I'm not railing. I just, no, no, no. no. I'm, it, it, you're not railing. You're pointing out pain points. You're pointing out pressure areas right now. When I think to, sorry, pin in that. I just, I think that to, to bring it back to, to Justin's uh, balanced appeal and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, like, Jesus, like there, there are a lot of um, scholars who say the reason Jesus railed on Pharisees so much mm. and had such high critiques of Pharisees mm. is because he himself was an actual Pharisee, mm. and so you know, like he knew the inside. Yeah, and like if you you look at, pro- I'm not I'm not equating us to Jesus or prophets. Like, don't hear me say that. But I think that the people who are closest to this are like have critiques about these kinds of things because we are so close to them. Like this is our passion. This is our desire to see the church grow, to see the kingdom of God come nearer. Um, and so, yeah, like there's, these are pain points that mm. we are experiencing. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. What do we do then to fix it? Because fix we it. fix it because we don't just want to identify. So the first step in fixing something is identifying the problem. But what do we do here and now? Yes, but in the future, what does it look like to help the church continue to grow? Because, like, spoiler, God's church never is dying yeah. uh, until Jesus comes back, and then it's not dying, it's just being fulfilled. Um, so what do we do then for our next couple of years here to help the church grow, to help people be reached to help the kingdom advance, to help people hear the good news and glory of Jesus Christ? Like, what do we do? What's like one thing we can do? I mean, I, I'm, I think it's the principle or the idea that like church is not on Sunday morning. It is, but like it's also on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And it doesn't, and Saturday, it doesn't involve you coming to a building necessarily. Um, it does involve you gathering in some way, shape or form, but like there's got to be different and better avenues. And like, I don't think that that is earth shaking or history breaking paradigm shifting kind of thing. Like that's what the church, a it, the successful church has always done. We have fed the, fed the homeless. We have clothed the poor, you know, like we've given homes to the orphans, you know, or like we've, we have taken care of orphans and widows. Like that is, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't know, I've had so many conversations about this recently with people, but like in looking back on my life and looking back, on, especially in my formative years as a Christian, like I was a worship leader. So obviously involved in a lot of worship projects, but s- some of the times that like I felt most alive and closest to God had very little to do with actual music, um, had very little to do with like, like, yes, I remember a few worship times that felt transcendent and um, truly, like, almost heavenly. But, like, 
that pales in comparison to when I was on a mission trip in Guatemala mm. and listening to this woman talk about her son who needs brain, who needs like head surgery basically mm. and doesn't have the money mm. to do it in a shack in Guatemala. Or like when we were at a church in New Orleans cleaning up, you know, after Hurricane Katrina, like I rem it's, it was, it's those types of moments that I feel like have been so formative and fundamental to what I am doing right now. Mm. And if the only thing that we're focusing on is our gathering on Sunday morning or just like that's that like the subsidiaries of like a Sunday morning gathering. So like, you know, worship music or some sort of, um, you know, worship media, you know, some having to do with speaking or books or whatever outside of that. That's all that's all great and necessary. But like we have to couple it with something else throughout the week. Um, and like for a more full diet of what a Christian is actually supposed to be. And in that we see the church grow stronger. We see Christians grow stronger. It's, I mean, everybody says like, oh, Gen Zers and millennials are all looking for purpose. You know, like they want to, they want to be able to like engage with something that, that like do something that matters with their life, you know, which I think is wonderful. And like, good gracious, cannot the church give like the most like the best purpose and like the best thing that you can possibly do with this short time we have here on earth. Yeah, absolutely. I love looking at, uh, whenever, whenever this question confronts us, I love looking at a Sunday morning church experience with worship and teaching and all that other stuff, not as the beginning of, or not as the end of the week, but as the beginning of the week. Yeah. So it is a thing that sends you out. It, right. It, energizes you as a congregation, as a body, as a fellowship of believers, online, in person, doesn't matter. Uh, we can talk about online church next week if we want to, but um, it energizes you, it kind of powers you up, and then Monday to Saturday sends you out into the world yeah. to be little Jesuses. Mm -hmm. with the, what does Pastor Matthew say? Little Jesus with skin on? Like yeah. that, That's a weird saying, but like it, it sends you out to be... You get to be lights and darkness. Correct. And then, and then on a Sunday, and so eventually... You're going to pour yourself out, and if you pour yourself out enough, you're going to be empty. And then you come back on a Sunday, and you get refilled by fellowship, by teaching, by music, by singing, by worship, by just the general purpose, and then you're sent out, and that's your rhythm. Your rhythm is gathering energy, sending out the energy, gathering you know, the power of the Spirit, and then sending out the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Instead of, we're working our entire week, I'm tired man, I got to go do, do church on Sunday. Yeah. Cool. I'm checking that off my list. It is now the end of the week. Yeah. I'm done. Well, like the last thing God wants, I mean, like I look at my kids, if my kids feel like they have to be with me, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> God does not want us to feel obligated. Like if you feel obligated to come, don't come. You know, I, there is, there's, there's a God loves a cheerful giver, Mike. <laughs> like there is, there's a thing, you know, commitment is that I understand there's a fine line between commitment and obligation, but there's an intent there, like committed, like I'm committed to this. I'm going to show up even when I don't feel like it right. is different than I have to go to check off a box. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, that is nuanced there for sure. Mm -hmm. But like church should not be a place of obligation. Right. Should be a place of commitment. Amen, brother. Uh, Justin, I looked down at the monitor and I saw you there looking pensively. What uh, what do you what do you have to add to this conversation, <laughs> young man? Well, yeah, I was I was really just thinking about um, with every. Well, I was really thinking about like everything that um, Jesus was describing, um, just with really just all of his teachings in general, mm. um, and how that is probably the best 
description of a church that we have, hmm. even if it's not, you know, specifically talking about like, you know, a church building or anything. Yeah. But um, between that and Acts and everything, um, you know, we have, I feel like, a pretty good outline of what a church, you know, should be accomplishing. Um, and, you know, regardless of the structure and everything. So regardless of, you know, structure of like services or like, you know, internal like ministries and stuff like that, I feel like it really just comes down to like, what is the church accomplishing? Hmm. And if it is accomplishing um, everything that, you know, Jesus described and Acts describes and everything, then I feel like that, I feel like that's the overall goal. Hmm. Um, Not so much the structure. I agree. Um, So all that to say, like, is church dead? No. Is the way that we have been experiencing church dying? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And to to bring about new life, there has to be death. I was so hoping mm. you were going to say that. Yeah. Say that again, because like, like you you hit me with that yesterday during pre production, yeah. and it rattled me. Yeah. Mm. To, for for us to experience new life and to be reborn, to experience resurrection power, like there has to be death mm. in some way, shape, or form. And there is a lot of things I do, we do, we all do as a church as Bay Hope Church even, that needs to die, hmm. that we need to sacrifice, that we need to consecrate and give up so that we can see new life and actual resurrection power come about. Hmm. Not to say that, that we, we are not connecting people to Jesus. Like, we are. Like, I, we, yeah, hear, yeah. we hear stories about that all the time. I mean, today in staff meeting, like, we heard a bunch of stories about that. Like, we, a Bay Hope Church is by far the most effective church I've ever worked, <laughs> worked for, yeah. worked with, you know? Um but like I think collectively as a church, um, the big C capital church, especially in America, there's a lot of things that we need to put to death. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. We're gonna wrap up the episode there, um, and hopefully we don't get fired uh, <laughs> <laughs> from this one. Uh, how about you? Uh, we would love to know um, what are you seeing in the modern church right now, uh, in Western church, but also in church worldwide. What are the things that we're missing? What are our blind spots right now? Because we do want to turn this into an honest conversation and an honest dialogue. Um, I think there's a lot there. Uh, and especially if you've generationally been with the church or if you are conversely just coming to the church for the first time or you don't even know Jesus or you don't have any or you have questions about the faith, like we'd love to have that conversation with you. Just to kind of know what is going on in the world because we do live kind of insulated worlds a little bit. I mean, we work in a church. Our friends are Christians. Our families are Christians. Like it's by and large, we're we're kind of inside of those walls, inside the walls of the cathedral, so to speak. And so peeking outside every once in a while, I was like, whoa, this, this is different out here. Yeah. Um, so we would love to know, but we're going to wrap up the episode here. Like I already said, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of the weekday. We will see you next time. We love you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bay Hope TV. Be sure to like and share these videos with your friends as it really does help this channel out. And be sure to subscribe for more Bay Hope TV content. As always, thanks for watching.